Pittsburgh Steelers fans, it is time for another edition of the Steelers post-game show following the Pittsburgh Steelers 36-28 defeat to the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, my name is Michael Beck, joined with Dave Schofield from BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Dave, uh, what are your initial reactions to that Steelers comeback? They made things interesting in that game. I didn't think they would. Yeah. Well, first of all, you got a little bit ahead of yourself. You're so ready to say it so quickly. It was uh, 36-28. They did get that uh, those other eight points. Um, don't forget that last digit in there. Ooh, sorry, <laughs> I, I, I was I was too mad. I was too mad to get excited. Can I, do you know what I'm saying? I was too oh, yeah. mad to get excited. I was so mad that I'm like, you had to play this terrible to put yourself in such a bad situation that no matter what you do with these, with this amazing comeback, it's not going to be enough because you sucked it up for 40 minutes and then you were completely dominant for 20. You weren't the better team, the whole game, very frustrating. And I mean, part of me, honestly, if they'd have won that game, I'd have been, I still would have been mad. I'd have been mad because they, you can't do that in the NFL to come out and be that bad, even though it showed that they had some fight. Why didn't you have that fight the whole game? You were playing so uninspired for so long. So in case you're wondering, my knee jerk is a little bit of a rant, but I mean, my goodness, I mean, can you play more than a half play more than a half? I mean, it seems like it's all on. Oh, we'll just wait till the fourth quarter and try to win games. Last week, you last week you came through on the final seconds. This week you didn't. That's what's going to happen when you wait that long to actually play football. Tyler W puts two dollars in the tip jar. Says this season summed up in a single game. You know what? <laughs> I I tend to agree on that statement. The Steelers just completely fallen asleep for uh, a number of quarters and then uh, kind of coming alive. They're still 500, I guess, but man, that was tough. Uh, first of all, Dave, do you, would you consider that first like three quarters of football some of the worst Pittsburgh Steelers football you've ever seen? Yeah, I'm I'm breaking it into thirds because the last five minutes of the third quarter wasn't as bad. That's when they got back into it. So if you so you know 60 minutes, you're breaking it up where the last 20 minutes was fine. So the first two thirds, it was I mean, it was just uninspiring completely. They had no answers on defense. They had no heart. They they had they they had no heart on offense. You can't complain that they didn't try to make adjustments. Obviously they tried to make adjustments. Now I know some people were complaining and they're like, "Oh, what do you know when they go no huddle or say if you try to run no huddle the entire game, it's not going to work when you need it to." It's no huddle in the NFL, especially on a short week in my opinion. To do it the whole game wasn't going to work. Now, it worked when they needed it to. That's To me, that's not the answer. The answer is just playing good, sound, solid football the whole time. And they just it just took them – I mean, I don't want to make excuses. They looked like a road team on a Thursday. Exactly what you were, were saying. Like it took them that long to get warmed up. And you just – you can't do that and expect to win games in the NFL. Uh, Shield 91 uh, kind of sums up what we've been saying as well. He puts $10 uh, in the Super Chat feature. He says, joke of a team. That's pretty harsh. Uh, no one can convince me. Otherwise, it takes three quarters for this team to wake up almost every game. Glad there is no more games for 10 more days. Need a break from this team. Uh, Dave, uh, would you agree with that? Do you need a break from the Pittsburgh Steelers? <laughs> the, um, honestly, I, I understand. And the thing is, 
you have a big, almost, almost, almost comeback. You know, to me, I was even thinking it would have been typical Steelers if they would have even scored the touchdown and then (laughs) done a ridiculously ineffective two-point conversion. Like the first attempt at a two-point conversion, if you know what I mean. So that's what I was kind of kind of expecting. Um, and they almost had the opportunity to do that. It's just I'm so glad they fought their way back in it because all it, if anything else, it shows you that the type of team you're capable of being. But I'm not gonna let the most recent thing dictate my thoughts. I'm not going to give you a pass because you had a really great last 20 minutes. I'm going to say, if you're really that good for those last 20 minutes, then why aren't you showing it for all 40? End of story for me. Oh, exactly. You don't don't see teams like the New England Patriots under Bill Mm -hmm. Belichick ever come out flat for that long and then flip a switch. It just doesn't happen. The team typically goes the whole game. It's one of the weird things about the season, how much momentum this team has. But I do want to talk about the first two-point conversion. For me personally, I like the call. That way, at least you know what you have to do the rest of the game, whether or not you get the two points or you don't. The play call was terrible, but I've seen some debate back and forth over this. Where do you kind of fall on the fence of on uh, going for two uh, earlier in the game or uh, kicking the extra point? I was actually thinking about that before they scored. And... You know, I know, I know I, KT Smith chimed in the Slack channel. He's like, oh no, you keep yourself in that one score game as long as possible. I agree. And that from that aspect, but I also can see the the other side. If you think you have a good play and you've got the momentum, do it. The thing is that wasn't a good play. That's why, that's the thing that takes always. You didn't have a good play that you ran, but at least you know what you're looking against. If you know, you're going to need two scores, you know, it when there's time to get two scores. Cause think about it. If, if when they didn't get it and they were down nine, then they were down nine. If you get the ball back then and you get down and you're forced with like a fourth and nine at the 22, you don't feel like you have to, you know, if, if, if you're down eight or down seven, you're going to be going for that. If you're down nine, you're t- kicking the field goal and living to play a little bit longer, knowing that you need the two scores. I can see the reasoning behind it. Um, you kind of, I don't think that's a set thing that you should do, definitely going into like, oh, well, you always got to do this, you always got to do that. That's more of a feeling the flow, gut feeling of the game call. I don't have a problem with it. I understand. I mean, if it, if they would have converted, it would have been like, oh, what a brilliant call. Um I could see it either way, and that's one of those you just have to go for your feel. What did you think of that? Of the of the call itself, or no, of of the decision to go for two in that moment? Not necessarily, not the play call because oh, yeah. that was terrible. The see, play call was terrible. Yeah, if it's me, I like the decision the team went in. Uh, I, I like it because at least you know what you have to do yeah. the rest of the game. Um, it, it's great extending the game, maybe put a little bit more pressure on the opposition and to a degree you don't have too many uh two-point plays in your playbook on any given week I, I know the Steelers have said they had as many as 10 in the past but really that isn't something you, you keep a ton of on the call sheet so mm-hmm. in that sense I, I can understand why people wouldn't want the call in case you have to do it over and over uh I, I think oh, one of the things that uh, it will kind of get glossed over because it happened so early in the game is Chris Boswell missing that field goal that 49 yarder yeah seems like he only makes 50 50 plus uh, yeah. this year but uh Boswell missing that kick really put some pressure on the Steelers there late in the game uh they definitely could have used that momentum but 
Talking about big plays, of course, the last play of the game, Ben Roethlisberger, a dime of a throw, one of the best of his career in the clutch between two defenders, perfectly in Farmy's hands. He kind of gets it onto his chest before Harrison Smith punches it out and ends the game. Do you put any blame on the rookie there? Uh, is that the moment too big for him, or uh, would you expect a veteran to hold on to a, a pass like that? That was a great defensive play that still the offensive guy could have come up with it. It's not like he dropped it or anything like that when he should have had it. The defense made a good play. So am I? obviously we're all bummed that he couldn't bring it in. It would have been a really nice catch to still come down with it that strong whenever it was getting – He, I mean, he had a guy – was it two or three guys hitting him at that time? You know, honestly, three guys. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I, it was either it was either three guys hitting him or two guys hitting him, and one guy standing there close that almost got the ball. I mean, what a fantastic throw! Um, can't even believe the throw got there. Um, boy, I mean, that was oh my god! I mean, that was vintage Ben Roethlisberger with that throw. My, it, it's crazy. <sighs> I can't put you can't put it all on that play, you know. And I'm not gonna I'm I am I'm not gonna criticize him one bit. Could he have caught it? Sure. Was it a great play by the defense? An even better play by the defense? Absolutely. Should the Steelers have been in that situation where they needed that play right there? No way, because they blew it for 40 minutes. Now, speaking of rookies here as well, Steel Dog 88 puts $5 in the tip jar. He says, player of the game for me was uh, Najee Harris. Uh, no quit in that kid. 100% agree on that statement. Mm-hmm. I believe Harris also went over uh, the Steelers' rookie record for uh, total yards. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think of his performance and uh, his rookie year as a whole right now? Because he's been doing some things even when the Steelers struggle. Yeah, I mean, honestly, there, was, there wasn't much offense early on other than him. Um, and... Still having that threat. I mean, I still feel like he kind of kept them. He kind of got him into that into that comeback mode. Not even necessarily just with the touchdowns, but still being able to run the ball and rip off some bigger plays. It kind of got the Steelers. It, it's what started them back into the game. But he ended up with from on the rushing side, ninety four yards on twenty carries, one rushing touchdown, and then he added three receptions for ten yards with one receiving touchdown. So two total touchdowns and hundred and four total yards from scrimmage uh for the rookie. I'm I mean, that's a bright spot. That that really is. And to me, it wasn't like he was out there playing ho hum early and then came on strong. He's one of the few that I felt that was, you know, giving it all, you know, when from the opening whistle and it just didn't have much help until late in the game. Yeah, no, absolutely. Here, I'm going to read out a couple more super chats here really quick. Uh, first more? from Tyler W. Tyler W. Puts $2 in tip jar. Says, Thanks. thank God for Witherspoon. Wow. Um, yes, of course, he came up with two interceptions. I'd like to get into him more uh, in the second half, kind of focus uh, more so on the defense in the second half of the show. But that leads me into this super chat from Monster19, who puts $1.99 in the tip jar. Says, <sighs> Don't Playful get me started there. <laughs> needs a reality check. Okay. Yeah, this is a tale of two halves. I, I do want to talk about Chase Claypool because – a boneheaded first half. He played terribly. One of the one of the worst halves of football you could imagine out of a player. Comes back in the second half, nearly puts up 100 yards, and plays decent, except uh, at the very end of the game, his last catch, he's, he's standing there pointing downfield, wasting more time. Uh, it, it just ebbs and flows with this guy. What, what do you think is going on with Chase Claypool? Does he need to take a seat on the bench for a game, or 
can the Steelers or the Steelers coaching staff get him roped in? I don't know what to do with Chase Claypool. It seemed like they they it almost seemed like they were rotating series with him in Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, they weren't keeping Claypool out there the whole time. Um, I don't know if that's the toe or if that's just a reality check for him. But he's so darn talented. But my goodness, grow the crap up, okay? The penalty, stupid. He was, you know, on second down trying to lunge for a first down and. I can't believe that got overturned. It just didn't look like it was going to get overturned. They had to really zoom it in to show that he was down. And I guess he was, um, that, that was not good. Um, there was something else in there that he did that I, I even put it on Twitter and I can't even remember what it was that, that in that, in, in a sequence there, that was just not good. Do you remember what the third thing was in the first half, Michael? Uh, the, the third boneheaded thing, uh, there was the yeah. block here, yeah, the whiff block on third. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Ter- yeah, right after that, he comes out and completely misses the block and gets and gets Najee blown up in the backfield. But to come up when the clock is running and you have no timeouts and you're under a minute, and to do a first down pose, and the veteran Trey Turner comes over and rips the ball away from you to take it to the official. And then the ball gets knocked and it's rolling around and they finally get it set. Claypool Turner was mad. Like he was mad at Turner. Okay. Turner was bailing you out. He was bailing you out. And if you're going to get mad at him, nah, stop posing, you know, celebrate after you spike the ball. My, you know, I still on the first Witherspoon interception, I didn't like to end zone pose hmm. when you're down that much. You don't go pose in the end zone. That was, hey, I didn't even know that was yeah, in there. Go we ahead and can read it. this up from Ryan O'Toole, yeah. who puts $5 in the tip jar, which uh, fits perfectly right now. Was anyone else annoyed by the defense uh, that posed for the first interception in the end zone when the Steelers, I believe, were still down about 22 points at that yeah, point? It was, it was a good bit, yeah. I think it was 29 to 7 at that point. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, since I was already talking about, it, yes, that was annoying. That was annoying. And, you know, it's just sometimes it's like, Think about this for a second. Think about what's going on. You know, really, is it really that much about you at that point? I mean, not just the end zone celebration, but even the, the clay pool coming up and going on and signaling a first down. The clock is running. You have no time. I mean, think about that. If he doesn't do that, that play to Frere, the, the Fairmouth that got knocked away is the next to last play of the game. Not the last play of the game. It wasn't like it was fourth down or anything there. They just didn't have any more time. And it's because you wanted to pose for a first down. I have more problem with that than I do Fairmuth, you know, getting the ball knocked away. You know, he was trying to make a play and another football player was making a good play too. There was, there was no reason for Claypool to try to pose there and cost valuable seconds. Yeah. That is definitely one of the biggest, uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't offend uh, him too much or say anything too bad, but that was one of the probably the biggest boneheaded plays I've seen in football, yeah. maybe ever to to waste time like that. But this is a good super chat for Tyler W as well. <laughs> he puts five dollars in the tip jar. Says these Steelers may kill me, but not today, Satan. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm ho- hopefully I get to meet Tyler W in the next Steelers game because we're both going to be there. <laughs> um, yeah, and some people were saying. We went live right away because this is a late game. So we didn't get to catch Mike Tomlin's press conference um, like we normally try to do before we go on for the post-game show. Apparently, Tomlin did say that it w- that Claypool was pulled, was basically benched. Was Joe Schobert benched? 
for a while. Tony uh, Johnson was Marcus out there. Allen, yeah, he was out there. Marcus Allen was out there. Yeah. Uh, well, Marcus Allen was the dime backer, which first, didn't really yeah. seem to work very well. No, no, he struggled. Yeah. Especially Dalvin Cook worked him uh, late oh, in the game. Yeah. Uh, gave the Steelers even less time and none, no timeouts. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, uh, I guess if they stopped them there, they, they probably don't burn any of their timeouts, or maybe one, give themselves three minutes, 30 seconds, a pair of timeouts, yeah. a two-minute warning. But, uh, yeah, that was a brutal spot from the linebackers. And uh, the guy from the, the Texans just released, uh, the linebacker that costs like, the uh, the team that signed no money ends up going to Houston. I think it's Zach Cunningham. What, Tennessee, yeah. Tennessee got him. Yeah. It was later in the waiver order, which with how the Steelers really... linebackers have struggled. Mm. I'll be honest with you. You want to know the truth with that? That has okay. that probably had everything to do with the Steelers playing a Thursday, mm-hmm. and you'd have to give up a spot on the fifty-three man roster for this game, and blah blah blah. And it was it was a lot to do. I don't know if they were interested or not, but having a Thursday game made that more difficult to try to do it. Yeah, and if you're benching <sighs> Joe Schobert, then uh, <laughs> yeah, then maybe uh, yeah, you, you start thinking of uh, stuff like that. But man, we are getting later and later on in the season here. Um, Steel Dog at eight puts five dollars in the tip jar as well uh need to drill it in his head this being chase claypool <laughs> clock does not stop on a first down like in college is there any excuse because he's a sophomore player he should know better like am i am i wrong in saying this his second year player should know your clock's running regardless yeah. of you have a first down yeah just like just like he knows you got to get two feet down rather than one and don't pull the infamous plaxico burris to where you where you didn't you know early in his career where this might be before your time, Michael. I forget how young you are. Where where <laughs> he didn't realize the fumble? The, yeah, where, where he didn't he wasn't just because he was on the ground doesn't mean that you're down in the NFL. Like he does in college and comes up and puts you know puts the ball down. And yeah, that was that was bad. But things like they're, they're not at this point, not at this point. He should know that already. But it, it comes even with everything else, just think of where the Steelers would have been. If it wasn't, if they didn't give up the one bomb and the, they're late in the game, yeah. that one touchdown. Because if you don't have that going on there, you're not you're not fighting for eight points there at the end. You're just trying to get into field goal range, you know. Um, so I mean, it was such a bad blowout that you didn't even realize that a play in a blowout that would seem like it didn't matter how much it matters now when you see how close this game ended up becoming. Um, That's about all I can say. Yeah, That's a good way to describe the game as a whole as well. Uh, But uh, Occam's Ox uh, puts a 499 in the tip jar, and he he brings up a point I want to get into as well. He says it's weird being both disgusted and impressed with, with the effort. Ben was getting pulverized and zero help and almost pulled it off. Uh, immaturity cost them big in this one. Yes, it did. Um, ben Roethlisberger was getting his head taken off in the first half, and it really kind of rolled over into the third quarter. I was starting to call, like, hey, maybe we need to get this guy out of the game. Like, Ben Roethlisberger is, is seriously getting beat up, and I saw that a lot online. Mm. Um, obviously, the Steelers come back, so obviously the, the smart call not to pull him. But uh, what did you think of Ben Roethlisberger taking those repeated shots play after play, it felt like, especially when they were just rolling three and outs back to back to back to back? Sorry, I was reading a breaking news story that doesn't Uh-oh. have anything to do with the Steelers, that um, former Denver Broncos wide receiver Demarius Thomas 
passed away at age 33. Um, sorry, that's just that Brian Anthony Davis hit us up with that. So back to your question. What was your question? <laughs> Um, yeah, no, first of all, yeah, rest in peace to Demarius yeah. Thomas, of course. Uh, Rose the Steelers in that wild card game, 33 years old. That's, yeah, yeah well, that's, that is terrible. Yeah. But uh, getting back into the game itself here, um, like what I was asking you was Ben Roethlisberger getting beat up so frequently early in that game to the point where a lot of people were calling for him to perhaps get benched just for his own health and safety because the O-line struggles. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, do you, what do you think of uh, the Steelers' uh, kind of decision to keep him in uh, and the O-line as a whole with how much they struggled early in this game? That just goes to show how much more the Steelers coaching staff knows than, the, than Steelers fans. Because was that game over? Obviously not. not. Obviously it wasn't because the Steelers were at the 12 yard line and the ones as you know, throwing the ball into the end zone as time expires in a one score game. So the game wasn't over. So when fans are thinking, Oh man, we should get Ben out of here. This is just a blowout. This is just too much. You know what? It wasn't, they still had a chance. Um, I'm not, I wouldn't have bet on that chance. But you still don't take someone out when you know, hey, it's at least possible we could claw our way back into it. When you're down, if it, if they would have still been down 29 points with you know 10 minutes left in the game rather than 20, uh, that might have been a little bit different story because then it's just really not possible. Um, but that so that's just me. So the fact that they stuck with them kind of shows you how wise it was. And uh, some some people were were. were I saw somewhere in the live chat as I scrolled through trying to find the next super chat that they said, well, what about Najee Harris not knowing that there was a tie? He's a rookie. Chase Claypool's a second-year player. There's a, there is a difference there. The rookies, sometimes you don't always expect them to know. Like like maybe if, if, if it would have been last year and Chase Claypool might not have realized that the clock didn't stop on a first down, that's one thing. This is his second year. You should know by now. Exactly. Now yeah. we do have a couple of super chats to throw up here. Austin Zox <laughs> yeah, again, dollar ninety nine says, "Stop hitting yourself! Stop hitting yourself!" Yeah. Uh, and then also we have down here uh, from Lewis Damper. We have a couple. Uh, we're all thinking it one L closer to hashtag pick picket. I am so tired of people talking about wanting a better, including you, Michael Beck. Wanting a better draft pick. You know that is not what you're playing for right now. That's not what you're, you know, who's playing for that right now, the Detroit lions, because they don't have a mathematical chance to make it. Okay. That's not what it's all about. You know, you know, when we can start talking about that, start talking to me about that in the middle of January, then we can start talking about that. Totally fair. And like the reason why I brought up and when I did, the Steelers were getting beat worse than I've ever seen them. (laughs) That's true. Uh, And No, you're right. Because you have to think of, this team and how they're playing is this all we're going to get from them and then what they show you the last 20 minutes is what they're capable of and you're like if this team is capable of this if you'll actually come out and play this way i'm sorry even dropping this game to minnesota if you could do what you're capable of doing you can beat any team they just don't do it so the thing is are the are, is it likely the seals are going to make the playoffs i'm going to say no is it possible? Yeah, they could they could win their final four games. And if they do, look out. They're going to be a, any team that wins their last four games going to the playoffs. That's the team you want to look for Ooh. and what they're going to do. <laughs> but do I have the do I have any confidence that they're going to win all four of them? Not right now, but as I keep saying, you don't have to win all four of them, they have to win the next one first. So it's not out of the question, 
but it's just they've put they've backed themselves into a corner and they in my opinion they can't lose another one from here on out yeah uh they got titans at home next week then they're going to kansas city then mm-hmm. uh cleveland's coming to pittsburgh and then you end the year in, in baltimore, baltimore. Uh, I wouldn't go as far as to say a murderer's row of opponents, but uh, it's not getting uh, it's not necessarily getting any easier. But uh, let's load up this super chat here from Andrew Palladino. He puts nine ninety nine in the tip jar. Thank you for that, Andrew. He says having a hard time understanding the difference between halves this year. Almost like we're sending two different teams out there. We held the Ravens to a, a total of one hundred ground yards. What is going on? Dalvin Cook, I believe, had over hundred rushing yards in the first quarter. I think he had over two hundred in the game. Yeah. So like most, a ridiculous- most given up by to one running back all season, from what I understand. Absolutely Ugh. ridiculous from a Steelers defense that features the amount of talent mm-hmm. that they do have. But uh yeah, no, this Jekyll and Hyde is not something the Steelers can like continue to do. Would you blame this on coaching? Is this uh, a way they just uh they, they set up uh, their their games that they start slow or what 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 could you think it's gonna be? Because this is a trend that's continued for multiple weeks in a row here. When it comes to starting slow overall, like week in and week out, and sorry if my dog's going crazy. she She's wondering why in the world I'm not in bed. <laughs> um, if, if you're talking about that, I don't – I'm going to put the blame on – I'm going to say there's nobody that's not responsible for that. That's a double negative. Everybody's responsible for that. Okay? Nobody gets a pass for for not being ready to play between the players, the coaches, and everything else. To me, seeing what I saw early in this game is there was some things that were just flat up. Like, how can you? How can no one block a defensive lineman and let him come flying through to get the sack? It's one thing that if you're not picking up the blitzing linebacker, but the one time they it was literally the guy lined up and down on the line of scrimmage. Everyone just parted and let him go. To me, that's almost – people aren't going to like this. They're really not going to like this one. But to me, that almost goes to show that the coaches didn't have the chance to do everything they normally would in a week to make sure everything's together. So I don't know if people are going to like that or not to say, hey, maybe what this team really needs is more is more time getting coached up each week. And when you didn't have that, they started off being in trouble. But I mean, you, you can't only play well when you're in desperation mode. Um, well, maybe you can, because guess what? They need to be in desperation mode every minute of every game for the rest of the season now. So maybe that's when they'll play well, because that's when they did today. Um what do you think when it comes to the coaches and the responsibility? I, yeah. I, I'm going to turn it right back because I've really so many times Jeff will ask a question and sometimes he gets he gets a pass from having to answer it. So I just want to make sure you you get it as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like it definitely makes things a huge challenge. Uh, I've never, obviously, not coached at the NFL level and had to prepare for a Thursday night. But I've heard things from people where the prep from the, those games you have to start it like on Friday before you the the Sunday game and like actually start the prep before you've even played the, the game before your Thursday night game. So like that yeah. becomes a huge challenge, especially against a divisional opponent and a game the Steelers had to win against the Ravens to just completely throw everything aside to focus on the Vikings game. I, I don't know how possible that was. So of course the Steelers only got what one practice in before playing this game. So I am not surprised that they came out flat because again, being the road team on Thursday night, 
like I think you have a twenty percent success rate. I think that's what it boils down to. Road teams typically don't win on and, except in twenty twenty one. The road teams were actually nine and six coming into this one. Yeah, no, it, it's yeah. wild how it has been going. But well, uh, but they've also a lot of them. More of them have been favorites than even that. The NFL has set it up this year almost like they don't want it to seem like the road teams are always at a disadvantage. So they'll 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 line up and do something like uh, Buffalo at the Jets, or you know, I don't know if that's really a matchup or not. But they'll 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 take games that would have been, you know, if that that teams would have been favored on the road anyway, and they throw them on Thursday nights. So you can't talk about all oh, the road teams are so disadvantaged. If you really go back, look at those matchups, look at the road teams with some of them, but some of them were also like on Thanksgiving, all three road teams won. Um, but except for this year, generally, generally I, I say that big advantage to the home team. Um, but it's not 29, nothing to start the game advantage. It's not, it's not that bad in my opinion. No, absolutely. Now we're approaching the halfway part of our show. Before we get there, I want to read out a couple super chats. We got a few lined up here. First from Kaz puts four nine nine in the tip jar. Says I expected the Steelers to get that TD with three seconds left. I'm not even mad. The heart and talent is there, just not the timing or consistency. Yeah, consistency is a huge issue for this team. Uh, Dave uh, Kesey puts five dollars in the tip jar. Says there are a few teams out there that always play for the next draft pick. Those teams don't have trophies. Go Steelers. Hey, and you know what? I, I know I've, I've been mm-hmm. someone that said like, hey, like this team's starting to lose here. Uh, of course, you want to boost your, your draft pick as much as you possibly can once you, once you are eliminated. Mm-hmm. Uh, at, at this point, the Steelers pretty much have to go at least three and one for any chance to make the playoffs. I don't think two and two is getting you in. I, uh, I don't I don't even know if three and one will get you in. Well, I don't know. I mean, things would really have to fall your way. Oh, it, absolutely. And like 4 yeah. 0, I, I suppose, like, funny enough, like the Steelers could like mm-hmm. completely miss at 3 and 1, but they could win the division at 4 0, yeah. just with the way things are falling out. But they need a lot of help now. Uh, and then uh, this one here from Brad Jude as well, who puts 499 in the tip jar, says the loss sucks. I'm mad to, are we not going to recognize the fight to come back down 29? This has been a critique fest so far. But to be fair, Brad. The Steelers played a terrible game of football, and I I don't feel satisfied by that comeback. And I think Dave also agrees in that sentiment. It, it just the, how poorly they played. It was some of the sloppiest football yeah. I've seen in, in my life. I, would you agree with that, Dave? I mean, there was. I know Troy Aikman's not you know former NFL quarterback. He's not always the most insightful dude out there uh, calling games, but he was completely right saying. What look at the size of these holes throughout the whole first half? It was like there was, it, it was like there was no, like so much space on the line of scrimmage whenever they were handing the ball off. I mean, what was up with that? Be uh, were they were they taking extra wide splits or something? Like, it seemed like they were so spread out and so much space. You you can't have those big a holes on defense and and expect to make stops. I mean, it was. I mean, if this game would have stayed competitive throughout, it probably would have finished with a bigger margin of victory. It's the fact that the that Minnesota got up so much and kind of started playing not to lose because that's what's happened to them so many times where they where they almost did again. 
Okay, um, we should jump into our quick break here. We got some more Super Chats and more Steelers stuff to get into. We'll get into a little bit of positivity, sure, why not, in the second half of the show and break down some of the defensive side. Uh, but uh, you are listening uh, to the Steelers post-game show from BTSC. Uh, if you're watching on uh, YouTube and Facebook, hang tight. If you're listening on the audio platform side, click over to Part 2 right now. <laughs> 